There will be bourbon returns with the holiday festive set courtesy of Maddie, my greater half is in there. Um, so I'll be looking into an extremely bright light tonight and probably blind myself. And hopefully I will just be guided by the soothing sound of Mr. Brink, his voice, yeah. who will we be talking to tonight before I, I introduce him a little bit further. Let's go into what will be steering our way on point with this discussion. We got a little Elijah Craig. All right. But a little thing about this. Elijah Craig, you see it everywhere. However, this is a specific single barrel store pick by Nugget Markets. Uh, big out in California. I don't know where else there are Nugget Markets. But anyway, this is it. Now, some of you, I get some questions on the old Twitter platform once in a while. Like, hey, what's something I should have? There's, there's three bottles you should always have on your bar, no matter what they are, right? You should have Elijah Craig. You have Wild Turkey 101, key there, 101. And you should have Buffalo Trace. All right. Those three, everything else is all ancillary. It's up to taste, but those three, you'll cover all of it. All right. So that's that is literally, I'm... literally how our relationship started was me asking you in a DM. I slipped in those DMS. You did You slid. And you I asked, you dropped the I, landing fall in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a solid PLF right there it in was. your heart. It got me. I almost actually brought out the horse soldier. Cause you told me, you actually told me to get that. And I, cause I was very pensive, but, uh, I, I might get into that to, later. So. I also got you to do the uh, the High West. Well, you got me to buy it. I have had High West before, but you got me got to it. buy it, which is, you know, now the Midwinter Night's Dram by High West that I used for Mr. McClintock last week. But anyway, yeah. So uh, will you be imbibing? It doesn't look like you have a, a very easy path to the beverage, but there we go. We've got a mug with the beer tab. The only tab that's worth having. <laughs> You're probably right, because I have zero tabs. Right here, there we go. I will be drinking some right. Havana Lager. Ooh, from Havana, Cuba, or Havana? Here in Miami, Miami. Yeah, was... <laughs> no, what's the place in what's the place in Tampa where they do the the cigars and shit? Cigar City. No, it's the the fucking little area. Why could I not know this? I know this and I've forgotten it. The little like it used to be a cigar area, and they turned it into like a little downtown nightclub-y. Not really clubby. God, what's the Tampa, come on. We got to get this. We're not moving forward with this until we get this. I don't no. know. I know this. I'm going to look this up right now as we effort this. Uh, but as I look, let me, while I look this up, let me introduce Mr. Brink. Because Mr. Brink, uh, I usually have people provide them, provide me with a bio to give to you so you know who the hell we're talking to. So Brink is, quote, some nerd that did some army shit full time. Uh, he betrayed his kind. And he went over to the dark side. Now, what that means for the layman's or the civilians is that when he says he betrayed his kind, he once was enlisted. And then he crossed over to the dark side in the officer corps, which is where he resides now. And he guards so hard in the nasty girl, which is just a, a clever way and somewhat offensive. And as it's designed way to refer to the National Guard. OK, they are mm -hmm. nasty girls. Um, true. All right, here we go. I'm going to find this before we get going, because this is very important. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing knowing that I lived 30 some years of my life in Florida and can't remember what this is called. That's true. Wait one second. I'm about to get a phone call right here from my boyfriend. Ooh, Mr. It... Grumpa. Oh, I knew right it. Now, <laughs> my name's Braxton McCoy. I'm your super manly cowboy guy with my nice luscious beard. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. Yep. Let me have my two and a half hour bromance phone call with Mr. Grumpa. <laughs> All right. It's love at first sight. 
Um, that joke's over. I'm going to take off the stupid beard because it is not comfortable. Okay. Well, you take off the beard while I figure this out. Um, factory tour. Ebor City. What? How easy was that? There you go. Ebor City. That's what I meant. Comes the bandana looking like a member straight from the, uh, the cartel. Headset is back on. Yeah, it was, it, it was Ebor City, Mr. Brink. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I meant. All right. So that's now that we have that established, now we know that what you who you are, what you and did. It, this is gonna be so hard to drink beer and have this stupid fucking mask on. Wait, you're, can you're, I you're, you're, you're can talented. I say fuck? You can say can whatever say? you want. The first F bomb has been dropped, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. Uh <laughs> all right, so a story about Mr. Brink. So you were born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. What was what was that like growing up? How'd that go? Um, so grew up Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, America's high five. So Grand Rapids is right here. Okay. Um, I was from West Michigan. Um, I was adopted, um, but I wasn't adopted until um, I was a little bit older. Um, you know, I was a prom baby. Uh, oh, you nice. know, uh, yeah, you know, the best looking people are always prom babies. So <laughs> just, just remember that. You okay. know, you got like one good looking high schooler with another good looking high schooler. They get bored. They smash. They make, they make good decisions on prom night. Yeah. Not many ugly people are smashing in high school. So, you know, so. This eh. one will definitely be marked as not safe for the kids when I upload it. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. Although I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like some of the first people I knew in high school who were smashing were like. It was the it was the drama kids and they were all like nerds, but they weren't good looking nerds. The drama nerds, like yeah, they were drama uh, nerds. I think I think I remember two of them getting caught in the like the drama room, but they weren't attractive. So you may so, or may not so, have validity with that. Story. Well, they would have good looking kid because that's true. Think two of, negatives make positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Math. Think of it's like math. You know, right. you got a good looking person with a good looking person, <laughs> good looking kid. You have an ugly person with an ugly person, good looking kid. You have a good looking person with an ugly person. You're going to have an ugly kid. This is, it's math. Look, it's it's math. It's yeah. scientific. Don't question it. Um, Do you ever think of like the origin of that? Like, hey, a positive and a negative. Some dude who wanted to be a mathematician or was, he was like, you know what? A negative and a positive makes a positive. Or no, it makes a negative from now on. That's yeah. the rule. That's the law. It's math law. Math law. It is math law. You know, it's like the law of gravity. You know, it, it's... You can prove the law of gravity. You can't prove a negative and a positive. I mean, look at Julio. He's ugly. He's got a hot mom, too. I've never seen Julio's mom, so I'll leave that one to you. Neither have I. I just... All right, right, so prom prom takes place. All right, yeah. So Out comes comes Brink. You said you were adopted a little later, so what's later? Yeah, so, well, so for me, like, my story, so... Um, my biological mom wasn't necessarily the most responsible of individuals. Uh, she liked to imbibe in certain drugs that were very fun in the eighties. Um, you know, and, uh, people normally say, oh, that explains a lot when they talk to me, when I say that, uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so she had me anyways, and she decided to keep on going with that party life. Uh, she had a boyfriend that was a cop. Um, cool. and 
my first memories as a child was like being around two years old um, because her boyfriend was extremely abusive and used to beat the shit out of her and me. The cop? Um, yep. Yeah, the cop. Interesting. You know. Yep. Yeah. And that's a side real quick. I said, I know you're rolling here, but just in my experience as well, I don't know if you know this or feel the same way, but isn't it kind of ironic that there's so many stories of like this, of police officers dating women who are just things just aren't going right in their life or yeah. whatever. Or I don't know if it's like an easy thing. It's because they interact with them in a negative way. So they're easy to influence. But I do see that a lot in my life with police officers taking advantage. Uh, and this is not meant to bash police. I'm just saying, Hey, I I've noticed some stories uh, very similar to what Mr. Brink is describing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I do so, love police though. So don't arrest yeah. me anyway. But anyway, carry anyways, on. carry on, carry on. Um, so like um, I'm missing part of my chin bone because I was thrown face first in a bathtub at two years old, chip my chin. Um, Jesus. You know, he used to like hold my head underwater. Um, you know, like I make me hold my breath, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my earliest memories was I slept in the bushes for two nights in a row um, because I was locked out of the apartment. Um you know yeah so you know that, that, that was interesting time um and you were two when that happened as yeah well, i was or? like i was like two two and a half um and then i remember um uh, so my biological mom went to a church and you know to seek some help and that's where she met my uh, adoptive mother who you know was like a super kind lady that was like hey just come stay in my house um because mm-hmm. it's a safe place right and um like we were there for a couple months and then my biological mom just peaced out and stole my mom that ended up adopting me's checkbook. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah. You know, like super awesome, super fun, super cool, you know? So, you know, that's, that's, don't do that kids. That's called bank fraud. Yeah. I don't even know if fraud. you could, I don't even know if checkbook stealing is a thing in the digital and uh, you know. Oh, it still is a thing. It's just is it? not as, okay. it's just not as uh, prevalent. <laughs> Yeah. You know, nowadays. Yeah, I'm going to write uh, a check for this uh, Armani sweatsuit, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Um, you know, and so like, you know, so that was like the very early, early on part of my life. Um, and then, so it was just my uh, mom that adopted me at first, her and me. Well, hold on. And, let, me, let me, let me, let me interrupt real quick. Cause just, cause I'm sure someone else is probably asking the same question. Whatever happened to this, the police officer? Oh, you ever, uh, do, you, do you know who this guy is to this day? Yeah, yeah, I know who this guy is today. He ended up retiring from Grand Rapids PD. Oh. Um, he ended up retiring with multiple awards. Oh, of course. You know, of course, you know. Um, apparently, he wanted to, like, get together with me when I was, like, in high school to apologize oh. for, like, things. But I was just like, I don't hold it against you, but I really don't want to see you either, you know. Okay. You know, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not going to hate you, like, because – I'm why do you feel not, that way? I'm just curious why you didn't actually feel the opposite. What made, what were you just. So life is too short, bro. Like, yeah. Like I had a lot of things actually, you like more. I tell you my story. Like right. I've had a lot of things in my life where I could be angry and hateful towards a lot of people in life. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is um, I just, I just want, don't want that negativity, bro. Um, I, I, you know, like it's, it just makes you negative. It makes you bitter. It makes, that's all you focus on instead of being like, Hey, I'm going to nut up and you know, I'm just going to 
keep on going forward, you know, just mm-hmm. like you get kicked in the balls. That's like what life does is it kicks you in the balls and you keep on going forward. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. fair. Cause I think there's a lot of, there's an opposite side of that coin where, you know, people would like, Oh, I can't wait to see this motherfucker where we're on an even playing field or even not, because, you know, even in high school, you could be bigger, faster, stronger than this dude. And, you know, well, and not only because the, of the you, other, well, but, you know, just defending is, your mom as well. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. I can see both sides of it. Though. I see where you're coming yeah. from, but I can also see knowing myself, I probably wouldn't think like you. Well, so like the other thing, the other side of that too, though, is yeah. Be bigger, faster, stronger, and just prove everybody Still wrong. Cop, right. But yeah, yeah. Like, and then like become better than they ever were, you yeah. know? And wow, that's true. You know, okay. like, I got you. Uh, I'm not going to any details, but I, I feel yeah, that I've no, succeeded I, in life, you know? Yeah. I think you did. So, that. So you know, cool. so it's like, eh, you know, it's like I'm better than you ever were. You know, it's like did that potentially not getting into that, but did that individual potentially lead you to go that route? Uh, no, it was more so other events in my life. Okay, you so know? roll on. So roll on. So um, I so my biological mom. I'm not my yes, biological. Those my the adopted, checkbook. Yep. Yeah. So yep. So then my adopted mother. So it was just her and me at first, and my parents are on the very, very far right for Christian conservative. Okay. And when I say very far right, um, I remember the devil type of thing. I'm like, uh, okay. Go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so gay people are not the devil. Right. They are not, they are not. Um, but people do think that and they are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I was at the courthouse when Jim Baker was convicted in the eighties. And, uh, his lovely wife, Tammy Faye used to read me bedtime stories. Um, so that explains a little bit how right my parents were. Right. Um, so moving on, fast forwarding, she, uh, she met my father, um, when I was like my adoptive father, when I was like around 11, 12 from church and he already had two boys that were crazy. And then they hit it off they got married, you know, and so now we like had a full family with two adopted brothers. And then like, that's when I was officially adopted. Um, was like, How when they got were you in? so, um, I was like in middle school, I think okay. somewhere around there. Um, and then, uh, as I grew up, uh, became a independent entrepreneur in high school. Um, so I went to, you don't know what that means. That's, that's code for a drug dealer. So I know one of my, actually not one of my my best friend was also an independent entrepreneur. I need to get him on here uh, about his business plan in college. Anyway, go ahead. I went to the same (laughs) Christian school from first grade all the way through seventh grade. You know, and it also seems like a lot of independent entrepreneurs have a very Christian background sometimes. <laughs> is what I tend to know as well. But anyway. Yeah. You know, it's it's God's herb, you know. <laughs> it's God's plant, yes. But uh so devil's lettuce, I, God's plant. It's up to you to decide. I I, um, I went to the same Christian school for like first through seventh grade. Um I got in trouble for something really stupid that I should not have done. Wasn't anything too serious. Well, actually. In this day and age, it would have been super serious. What was it? All right. So <laughs> there was a girl in our class, and she was not yet developed. And we stole her gym bag. And, like, we're playing keep away because we're in seventh grade. We're playing keep yeah. away with her gym bag. And then it fell down, and then her tampons fell out. Ah. 
And then I made a very not nice comment. I said, what do you need these for? Better stay away from the wall because it might get jealous of you. Oh, and, I said to imply that the, the walls are flat. Right. Okay, gotcha. so, right. You'd probably go to jail today. Um, so nowadays, I definitely would get canceled. Yeah, you, for you'd sure. probably go to jail. So this is like 1998, <laughs> 1999, yeah. somewhere around there. We're pretty uh, rational. Pretty rational. So, yeah. So they asked my parents, hey, we're not kicking him out, but we just ask that you don't re enroll him next year. Ah, right. And then so like my parents like, oh, okay, you know, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. So then eighth grade, I did this like weird homeschool thing, which isn't real homeschool, but it was like you went to this co-op like every Friday with like these other nerd kids, the homeschool kids wearing those stupid t-shirts that have like alien, like just nerd kids, whatever, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, like you get your homework for the week. So it's like my parents weren't really teaching me. I would just get my homework for the week. And, just and then, yeah. so it's like being like, suspended from school. You get your, yeah, homework yeah. But it was cool because like my dad owns his own construction company. Then in eighth grade, I would work for my dad's company three days out of the week in eighth grade, making pretty good money yeah. in eighth grade and then doing all my homework. Well, I got in big trouble there too, but this one was super bullshit. Um, because I was talking about the movie, uh, I think it was like blown away or something like that with like Tommy Lee Jones where yeah, he's like an IRA, that. whatever, you know, um, that was a great movie for you a know, teenager to watch. If you, you know, like it was for really those who've awesome. seen it, a teenage boy specifically. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I'm watching this movie and I think it's so from, awesome. Wasn't the dude from Terminator in that, uh, got Robert Patrick. Wasn't he? In he, that? he might've been. Oh, no, yeah. you know what? Blown away. Wasn't that the guy? Hold on. That was, what's his name? The, uh, Corey Haim. no, I think this was no Corey Haim blown away. No, I don't want this version. <laughs> I no. know what you're looking at. No, it was, it was something from last year, a reality show. I don't know if that was blown oh. away, blown away movie. Let's look that up because I feel, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges and Tommy uh, Lee Jones. Tommy okay. Lee Jones. So, yeah. yeah. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. right. So, so anyways, while you look up I'm that, talking... I'm going to find the uh, Corey Haim version. But so I, I'm, I'm like talking to like, Corey Haim's been dead for like a decade, dude. No, no, no. Check this out. Yeah. Blown away. Corey Haim, 1993, erotic thriller. Three, year, three years. <laughs> it preceded that. You need to go. Erotic the thriller. one you're referencing came out a year later. You need to go watch the Corey Haim version because that is a great movie for a teenage um, boy. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so anyways, I'm, tell, I'm talking to like this other homeschool kid about this movie. And like one of the homeschool moms is like eavesdropping, ear hustling her way over there, mm. you know, Miss Karen over there, you know, sitting there, you're hustling. The moms then, love you. Not this mom. Uh, <laughs> so she, uh, she tells like the little principal of the thing. And then I get in trouble for teaching other kids how to make bombs in school. It was like, wait, what? It was like, I don't even know how to make bombs yet. It's like, that would be fucking awesome. But I don't know how to make bombs. The only thing I knew how to do is like, you know, the whole like uh, tinfoil balls with like Drano, you know, like that shit which doesn't even really work because you know you don't have to really right now you know how to make mre bombs uh yeah and you, know, you use tabasco sauce in it too yeah in theory we know how to you, make yeah MRE in theory bombs. you use tabasco sauce and then and then it gets everywhere charms gives the projectiles that's good oh yeah exactly yeah. anyways you know uh so my parents were not happy about that not happy with them because they also agreed it was like no like listen here he's just a kid 
eighth grade boy talking about a fucking movie right. that he watched, you know, this weekend and blah, blah, blah. So then, um, so now Jesus has loved me. We paid for Jesus to love me for Christian school. I think they paid still for like the homeschool bullshit. And then, so my parents were like, oh, we'll send you to public school for, you know, your freshman year of high school. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, sweet. You know, like what can go wrong there? Um, <laughs> and I hit it off really well. It was awesome. Um, I learned that there's a lot of people that will buy oregano um entrepreneur, you know in, 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 independent entrepreneurship was going well for you as a friend yeah um Although I, made, I also feel like you might have had a, some competition from the older more established entrepreneurs yeah anyway. uh so <laughs> i'll get into that actually okay. um so uh so my school had this like weird hotline called like it was like i I called it the one eight hundred rat a friend hotline. Yeah. Snitches, so snitches, yep, catch yep, you would get man. you'd get fifty dollars if you called this hotline and somebody $50. got dollars. Yeah, Holy like shit. and if somebody got caught with drugs, um, or you you would also get fifty dollars if you just brought the drugs you found on campus to the office. So what I started doing, I mean, is I, was... I got no, I got my friends, <laughs> I got my friends, and would give them like half of a dime bag. Be like, hey, bring this to the office. I'll give you twenty dollars, and you give me thirty dollars, right? Profit is profit. So right? I started dealing to the school. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, then, I, there's a loophole somewhere that someone's going to exploit. Uh, so like, I never got caught for that shit. Um, and what ended up getting me in trouble at this public school was uh, this was when you could sell sugary pop, you know, like drinks, you know, like pop at yeah. school and it wasn't frowned upon like i guess kids nowadays don't get the pleasure of drinking coke in school no uh, they, they drink like this weird other like artificial fruit juice shit as if it's any better well but, yeah. because electrolytes make the grass grow right so, instead of know, blood. exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways i started selling mountain dew for my locker because my school had a contract with coke <laughs> Right. You know, it was like, Hey, why get a brewski when you can drink a dooski? So so I started like, and I made most money off of selling Mountain Dew than anything else that I sold. Um, You know, and, and I was like, this is great. You know, it's like, I could buy a 12 pack for like six bucks and I'm selling a dollar 50 a can. You know, it's like, I'm making a huge profit margin here. You know, it's like, (laughs) yeah. And then, I finally got in trouble because like the Dean of students was like sitting next to my locker. He's like, I need you to open up your locker. He's like, what? And, like I opened it up and it's fucking Mountain Dew, like stack, like no books in there. Just per- that's personal use, sir. That's personal. use. You know? <laughs> and so um, because my parents were well-connected in the community, I did not get suspended or expelled uh, for that one. I did get suspended for starting a food fight in the last week of school. Um, but that one actually helped me out because I got in-house suspension and the uh, in-house suspension, like teacher gave like zero fucks. He just talked about us about like how we didn't land on the moon and like the pyramids were like where aliens landed and, you know, but, and he let us take our final exams with our books. So, I mean, that's pretty much actually, college. It, it so helped good. me out. That was good exposure. Yeah. yeah you know, just like, Oh, sweet. Um, well, anyways, I did not go back after sophomore year to that public school. Hmm. My parents sent me back to Christian school. 
Yeah. Um, Back where to the Chris, well, Jesus. Yeah. And uh, there was not fun. Um, it was a small school, the school I grew up with, but like super cliquish, just not fun, not boring. And then that, like it kept on like being more rebellious. And my parents kept on threatening, I'm going to send you to boarding school. I'm going to send you to boarding school. Blah, 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 blah. Then I had a girlfriend that my parents did not like, and they did not like their family. And so the summer between junior year and senior year, I ran away from home. Mm. And in the state Mm. of Michigan, you can legally emancipate yourself um, when you're 17. And so I was living at my girlfriend at the time's house with her parents. And then like I enrolled myself in school over there. And then like halfway through the fall semester, um, there was like a knock on the door and I was like, Oh, that's weird. You know, like, middle like close to like 10 o'clock at night 11 o'clock at night and it's the cops it was like okay well, well what can we do for you officers and they're like oh we're like hey blah 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 brink is that you he's like yeah i'm blah blah and so like there's like hey we have a court order to get you um to talk with a shrink because your parents fear for your well-being um because they had like um so they found journals in my closet that were very dark because mm. sophomore year in high school, one of my friends committed suicide at the school. Oh shit. And I was one of the people that found him like in the parking lot. Like we like, you know, and you know, so it's like you see somebody with their head blown off from a shotgun, you know, it's and you're in high school, like you're gonna write some dark shit, you know. Um, so they used that, even though it was like two years later. To, and they went to the court saying, Hey, our son's suicidal. We want him to get essentially Baker acted, you know, like, yeah. And so I show up and like, you know, it's the middle of the night and this shrink lady is like talking to me and then she's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're a normal teenage boy. And it was like, I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah. yeah it was like, it's like my parents are just trying to play some fuck fuck games with me, you know, mm. trying to control me, blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, all right, you know, well, I have to release you in their custody, but what you do after you're in their custody is up to you because the state of Michigan, you know, 17, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right. So I get in my parents' car and like, so they have a Yukon XL Denali. This is 2003. And, and then like, I, I get like in like the back seat, and I'm just like, hey, just drop me back off, blah, 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 you know, like at, you know, my girlfriend at the time's house. It was like, oh, we'll see about that. I'm like, that's a weird thing to say. And then out of nowhere, my brother, who's just a year younger than me, and then my high school childhood best friend, they like came out of the dark in both sides of the seats, you know, like, and I was like, oh, hey guys, like, what's going on here? You know, this is weird. You know, it's like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, oh, hey, Jay. yeah, what's up, Brink? And yeah, Brink. I, almost, I almost doxed myself right there. Almost, almost. almost. And, whew. And then um, that beer tab. Speaking of beer tab, time there out. Yeah. Speaking of it, speaking of the bourbon, I'm I'm about to switch bottles here. I'm running out. Uh oh. So we start driving, and then I realize we're going the complete opposite way that we need to be going. And I was like, all right, well. You know, in high school, like I'm sitting there like in some jeans, a T-shirt, a jacket, and I got my uh, my Birkenstocks, which I called my Jesus Cruisers at the time. Um, yeah, 
And I'm just sitting there like, well, fuck, you know, like, what do I do? And so it's like, all right, we're at a stoplight. And then like my brother is about the same size as me, but then my friend, he's like five foot six, you know? So it's like, he's like, small. who are you? Yeah. Who yeah, are you? And so I was like, all right, best chances jump over him. Just open the door and peace out. We're at the stoplight. It's like, all right, here's the time to go. I jump over him and the child safety locks on. He's like, well, fuck. And so I was like, all right, well, what do I do next? I've already made my decision to flee, you know? So then my mom is the one driving and my dad's in the passenger seat. So then I jump over my dad. I open the drive, like the passenger door and I'm halfway out. And then I just get yanked in, you know? And then also like I'm fighting and like I'm fighting my brothers and my dad and then all of a sudden I hear, I can't remember who was, yeah, I was like, just punch him in the balls, just punch him in the balls. And then they just start like pounding me in the balls. And <laughs> you don't realize how fast you stop fighting when you take like about 10 good pounds to the balls, you know? And I was like, well, fuck this. You know, I was like, all right, well, whatever. I'll play whatever game they want to play. And so I go in the very, very back. And we drive straight from Grand Rapids, Michigan, all the way to Enterprise, Utah, like just straight through. They won't, they don't let me out of the car to go to the bathroom, you know, so I got to pee, like, I got to go piss in Gatorade bottles and shit, you know, like, good thing I didn't have to shit, you know, (laughs) like, and so like we go to Enterprise, Utah and it was like, all right, what are we doing here? It was like, oh, here you go. And then these two big, like Tongan looking dudes, like come out is like you're coming with us it's like okay weird and then <laughs> they give me these like new clothes like these hiking clothes and like this this tarp with seatbelt straps and p cord and they're like put this blindfold on it was like okay and i put this blindfold on and then they put me in a car and then we're driving for like an hour and a half and then the next thing you know they take off the blindfold and in the middle of the goddamn utah desert 34 hour drive for those keeping track anyway good. yeah so <laughs> So I'm like in the middle of like the Utah desert, like what the fuck is going on here? You know? And they're like, Oh yeah. Welcome to Red Cliff Ascent. You know, like we're, we're a wilderness program for troubled American youth. And at the time there was uh, film cameras, like film crews, like for other people there uh, filming like a documentary called um, Brat Camp that was huge over in the UK. Thankfully, thankfully they did not, camera you know like brought like shoot like my group and anyway so like it ended up backfiring on my parents though because it's like fifteen thousand dollars for the first 30 days then five hundred dollars for every day after that what the fuck yeah um and the thing is is, yeah it's a lot of money and the thing is it was it was mainly for kids that were like on hardcore drugs and they needed to detox in the middle of the desert clearly not you I did not do drugs. <laughs> not fit this like, description. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was like it was like I may have sold certain things, but I didn't do yeah. certain. Yeah, you know, I, like, I was a provider. Yeah, I was not. Yeah, a yeah. You know, it's just like, eh, that's not really my thing. You know, and so, like, I, hmm. I learned how to make fires with sticks. You know, I learned how to survive out in the desert. Like, I thought it was MacGyver school. It was like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. You know, I'm sitting like hiking 15 miles a day in the desert. Nice. You know, yeah. um, seeing like wild horses and elk everywhere, you know, and like it made me fall in love with like the outdoors and hiking. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I could do this for a living. I could, I could 
roam around the wilderness with a really heavy bag on my back for no goddamn reason yeah. and i'll be happy yeah and so, so next thing you know i'm in the recruiter's office well no <laughs> so then that boarding school the desert wilderness program was like hey you're wasting your money by having your son at this program because he does not need to be here he needs something different that we cannot provide so my parents were like okay sweet i got you fam <laughs> before i know it um I have two professionals that are escorting me that straight up said, Hey dude, are you going to be cool? Or are you going to run? And I was like, I'll be cool. It's like, all right, good. And they show me a leg lock and they locked my leg in this leg lock, which <laughs> didn't let me bend my left knee. And so like I'm walking in public with like, nice. so I couldn't run away if I wanted. Yeah. You know? And so we're, we, we go, we fly for, we drive to Vegas from Utah and then we fly from Vegas to Miami first and it's like, oh, sweet. The boarding school that I'm going to next is in Miami. I'm cool with that. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to the international section. It's like, wait, what? And it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to boarding school, Dominican Republic. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, so I was like, wait, what? Going to boarding school in the Dominican Republic? You know, like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, so I get there and you know, I'm like, all right, cool. Dominican Republic is a tropical area. I'm in the mountains and I can go to the beach. And when I get there, you know, it's like in the middle of like this special week that they have. And it's like, it feels like vacation Bible school, like from hell. Cause it's like super nerdy. And they're like, oh, yay, a pizza <laughs> hut, a pizza hut, you know, <laughs> Kentucky fried chicken and a pizza hut. And I'm just like, and, you know, and like, and I'm telling the other kids that I thought were cool, like the cool kids. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is fucking. Well, I can't say what I said at that time because you'll get canceled. It's like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're we like, we don't bend the knee on this show. So we're they're right. like, you know, they're like, they're like, bro, bro, you can't say that here, man. You can't say that. And I was like, we're cool though, right? Like, you're not going to rat on me, right? You know, no, nope, wrong, wrong, no. wrong. They call what the I snitch found- hotline 50 bucks. No, no, dude. What I found out is this place ran on like some like point system. And you got more points for the more people you ratted on because every night you would like write these things called comments on uh, everybody else that was like in your house. Yeah, like, like, you like, you know, be like, oh, yeah, Eric didn't floss his teeth when he should have. Eric didn't put the toilet seat down. Eric didn't share the weed. Wait, no, never mind. I so, share the bourbon. But I will replenish the bourbon as you continue on. So, you know, so I'm sitting there like, all right, all right cool cool this is interesting and then while i'm there though dude like it, it was like super religious super christian and there was kids there um there was a there was a few kids that were sent there just because their parents were trying to pray the gay away and like I, I like i witnessed like awful horrible things to these kids man like be like you're a sinner you're fucking disgusting blah 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 and i was just like this is this is fucked up guys you know what like, year was this this is 2003 in 2004. Right. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there's this one kid that was sent there that had an eating disorder and they straight up like the kid like came like weighing he was like five foot six, but still only weighed like probably like 80 to 90 pounds. Like the guy Jesus. was in not in a great place yeah. and they force fed him. And like, because they force fed him and he just, his body shouldn't be eating that food he kept on shitting himself right 
You yeah. know, and I got felt legit bad, but then they were like, Oh, you're fucking disgusting. What's wrong with you? It's like, what's wrong with him? It's like, you're fi- you're fucking like force feeding this dude, you know. Yeah, body's and not then, ready for that. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, it's like they straight up will like abuse kids there. And um we had to run all the time, we'd get smoked all the time, you know. So just like, all right, cool, cool, you know, like this is stupid, but like I'm a performer, so yeah. like I can play your game and you know, just get get by enough, you know, and be like, so I'm not I'm not getting, you know, the big green weenie all the time, but I'm also not going to like, you know, sell so you my were attracted soul. to kind of the physical aspect of all this shit. I'm oh like, yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, I, uh, to get out of there. So I graduated, you know, 2004, but yet they kept me illegally for another six months after I graduated. So I'm out of high school, but I'm still stuck at this boarding school. And then I straight up tell my parents, I was like, hey, I'll go to Bible school if you get me out of here. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So so when I get out, I I went and did this uh, this missions organization called YWAM. uh, YWAM. Yeah, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. It was actually pretty cool. Um, A lot of people call it uh, Youth Without Money or Young Women After Men. Um, so right. yeah, I was, I was, uh, I went, I went to the one that's in, um, Calis, well, just South of Kalispell, Montana. And then I spent some time in Ukraine, um, traveling around playing guitar and like working at, uh, orphanages over in Ukraine. What the um, fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, um, like right after the orange revolution too, you oh, know, geez. so uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I imagine, you know, and then. When I got back, I uh, started working at a church that I grew up at in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's it's, it's a mega church, and um, I was you know lots like, of mega churches out here. Yeah, and uh, Sacramento area, Roseville, Rockland. Weird. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, I was working at a mega church, working you know like with you know in the youth ministry, blah blah blah. They're kind and, of fun though, aren't they? Yeah, no, it was fun, but <laughs> I went to, I went to a few like, just, you know, like foresting. The problem was, is so I got burnt out. Um, like too much Jesus. It was, no, it was so like when the movie, uh, broke back mountain came out. I never um, saw you know, it. Uh, it's Brax's, Brax's favorite movie. Gotcha. Um, so him and him and grandpa, like watch it on, on, they have zoom meetings to watch it together. But anyways, um, uh, so so like we were like after like a wednesday night service like we went to an applebee's and i was like hey i kind of want to see this movie because i hear ang lee did a really good job with it you know and then one of the other people that worked at the church with me there's like a student with us too the person that like he goes oh dude if i saw that movie i'd want to get in my car and run a bunch of fags over and i was like dude that is bullshit I was like, that is bullshit. Like right there. Like I called him out on it. It's like, that is bullshit. You should not be saying that, you know, this is what, you know, like we're trying to try to love God, love people. And like, what the, yeah, what, there you are. You know, what is that? You know, like, uh, yeah. like what, what is that? Right. Uh-huh. So then the very next day though, I get called into the senior pastor's office that oh. is a mega church. So I should never see the senior pastor. It's, it's like being like a private. You should never talk to the brigade commander. Yeah. Right. At a minimum. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so like, so like, I hear you said bullshit in front of a student. And it was like, wait, what? It was like, <laughs> I, I did. And then it's like, well, we can't do that because you know, we got to be a good influence on these young kids. It's like, 
okay. Mm. And I'm expecting like we're gonna get into why I said it. Right, but there's none of that. And nothing's ever said. Ooh. No. Oh look at this. So look at this. Let me see what I can do here. No, we're, uh, good. we're good, we're good, we're good. I'll just tie it. You know, and so look at that. Oh, I have stopped your video. Cause I am a quick witted and uh I am a quick I can't even speak, but I'm quick as a host. Uh, I may be uh fueled by bourbon, but I can stop the camera at a moment's notice. All right, I, well I'm gonna take this off. We'll just keep it that way. Yeah, look at this. Now now I can drink now. Look at I that. just want you to realize what your screen says though. It does. Um, hey everybody, my first name's Jimmy, apparently. Um, it's not actually, that's a nickname. That's true. My first name is not Jimmy. That's not what my birth certificate says. <laughs> I got you fuckers. Got you all. <laughs> so yes, if you are watching this or even if you're just listening on the various platforms of where the podcast is hosted, you're not going to see Mr. Brink's face anyway. Uh, yeah, because, well, it's fine because I'm literally the most average guy that you're going to have as your guest. So, uh, But not in appearance. <laughs> oh, well, now Babe they can't alert. see me anyways. I know. Babe alert. Total babe alert. Total what? You, you and Mr. Eddie McClintock last week <laughs> stepping the uh, eye candy game up. Although Ben on the uh, There Will Be Banter from Australia, that guy is, a, uh, he yeah. is, a, he is one fine piece of ass. Well, honestly, I think <laughs> I think it's because of the accent. The accent gives him the accent. The accent's like a like a plus two buffer. Maddie's it's like ready. you know, Maddie, Maddie would leave me in a heartbeat if she met that guy. So I'm gonna have to. And I feel like he's uh, like a he's one of the Australian special operators. I actually need to get him on the podcast and get you him probably should because yeah, like yeah. he was in some war and uh, he fucked his back up. He's actually got a pretty cool story. For Wait, him. Australian? He was a Australian special operator. Yeah, he did something with uh, remember those so, gun, remember that gun attack and shit years ago. Oh yeah, he's like, a few years older than me. Like he's in his uh, early forties. Oh, he I thought start, you were going to his backup when he was nineteen. So okay, I yeah. thought you were going to talk about uh, the uh, the Aussie SAS that I don't decided know. decided to just murk people because I thought he mentioned that. I don't know. Oh, we, you we thought probably, he mentioned you know war meant, Not not him, but I feel like we <laughs> yeah. like. Off camera, yeah. I feel like we got, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, we'll have to get into this. So anyway, so no shit. There you were. Yeah. You're at the mega church. The, yeah. the brigade commander says, look, you can't cuss in front of the students. And you're like, all right, fucker, we'll watch this because here's why I did that. But that never came. Yeah. So I decided to walk and, you know, I was like not doing this anymore. Nope. Um, then like I was, you know, being an emo kid and playing That's music. when you started your band? Uh, yeah, we won't go too much into that, but yeah, I played music and, uh, um, and we had some fun playing music and Same. I'm sure when my kids find proof that that happened, I'll be embarrassed. Um, I'm but, proud. I I've shown all my daughter, my stuff. She's like, wow, I didn't realize you could do that. I'm like, yeah, and, uh, I'll bust out the guitar. And I'm like, look, I got yeah. talent, just not enough to get anywhere with it. You know? Uh, well, I learned, you know, I learned that like, Hey, I can make enough money to like pay a cell phone bill, but that's it. Yeah. I actually yeah. want to pager one time in a, uh, in a battle competition. Like if you're a hip hop battler, like yeah. battle rap you want a pager? I want a pager and one month's free service. Oh, that's awesome. I had a pager for, yeah. well, I had a pager and I paid for like a couple months and then I still had my pager on me. Cause it was like yeah. a, a status symbol. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like, pagers back then, like it was pagers. It was, it was like pagers the first with your, year after I had graduated high school. Yeah. So I was pagers with your with your Jinko jeans. 
You know, I, I had a pair of Jinko jeans, but they weren't the super baggy ones. I actually, now that you bring that up, I literally just showed those to my daughter this past weekend. Cause she's like, what's that? I'm like, look how dumb these were. They're really awful. Yeah. Um, but they're coming back just so you know, everything comes back. All um, fashion comes back around. Dude. I'm, uh, I hate that. It's just like, I don't think anyways, coming back though. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sitting there, you know, like working, like, for my dad's construction company. My parents decided like, Hey, we're going to move down to Florida. It's like, all right. So then I'm still working for somebody else's construction company after they move. And that's your ringtone. Uh, well, that's the work phone. Uh Oh, the bat phone's going off. Hello. It could be important. We'll have to mute, mute Mr. Brink. No, I will. we're good. No, we're not. We're good. Okay. So we're no, not I don't meeting. know how, I don't know how telemarketers got my, my work phone number. That's weird. Because uh, those numbers get bought and sold like, um, never mind. I could make a really yeah. bad reference. But anyway. Yeah. You don't want to cancel your own show. Nope. It'll, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> and anyways. Um, the knee will not be bent though. Anyway. So I'm in my best. So my best friend in the world still to this day, his name's Don Johnson. Um, is that a real name? name? Is, his name is really Don Johnson. Like so if Don someone reached out to this guy, they could dox you again. Um. Well, Don Johnson's also the name of, you know, the guy from Miami Vice. It's true. So there's a lot of Don Johnsons out there. <laughs> and, but anyway, so Don Johnson, uh, funny story, how he got his name was his mom, like the day he was like due was like in a grocery store line and saw a TV guide that said like Don Johnson. She didn't even know who the guy was like, oh, that sounds like a good name. And then just went with it. Like, it is right. a good name. I mean, yeah. So. My best friend in the world, Don Johnson. I'm Better sitting. Than Ron Johns. I'm sitting in his, uh, um, his apartment, and so there's this indie movie called "You, Me, and Everyone We Know," and uh, there's this awful scene that's hilarious, but also awful at the same time. This is like seven-year-old boy, the younger brother, is on a computer on the internet in a chat room with a 40-year-old woman who thinks she's talking to another 40-year-old man. And they decide to get a little spicy on the interwebs. And, you know, like, and it's things are moving along. And then she goes, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, back and forth forever. And she, she's like, well, what does that mean? And she, he goes, like, this, you know, this seven-year-old kid goes, I poop into your butthole and you poop into my butthole back and forth forever. And I'm sitting there like, holy shit, that is fucked up. And... um he made a little emoticons to represent what back and forth forever, which I just sent you, Eric, via a text. And so I made a MySpace group called back and forth forever. And I used the little emoticons. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I'm looking at it. Yeah. And so, I mean, so I anyways, get it. That's the, butt. All right. All right, you should just name, you should name this episode back and forth forever and then just use the emoticons. I will, I will yeah. do, I will, I will put brink back and forth forever with, and the then emoticons. you also with the emoticons, please. With the emoticons. And so like, I have this like MySpace group, um, for like a couple months and Ooh. I would like kick off randos, you know, people, cause like I was not about meeting people I don't know on the internet. Um, that's and, totally changed though don't you think like in this oh yeah it's totally right? totally changed yeah. so anyways like i'm about to kick off these two chicks and then i look at this chick's page and i was like god damn this chick is hot and i look at my friend and he's like dude i'm gonna marry this chick someday 
You said you know, that or he said that? I said that. To okay, my you, okay, like, gotcha. Because I'm sitting right next to him. And then I'm looking at her. And then I realized that like she's friends with a couple bands in Orlando that I was friends with because I'd had played with them like in different areas. And then I also saw that she went to the same church in Orlando as some of my other friends. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. You found religion again. You know, like, you know, like I was like, well, I never lost my religion. I just <laughs> was not a fan of like corporate religion. Gotcha. Um, you know, I tr- still to this day, I try to live life by love God, love people. Like loving God is the easy part. Loving people is the hard part because people suck. That is true. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair, um, it's a fair methodology. Yeah. And then, so like, I look at her page, it's like, oh my gosh. I was like instantly like Twitter pated with this chick and, you know, just like, all right, you know, like, um, but then I looked at her friend and I was like, all right, she's cool whatever. And it's like, so that's like, I started writing my wife. She's not my wife at the time. And I was like, Hey, you don't know me. Don't want to sound creepy, but you joined my group and normally kick people out, but I saw we have a lot of mutuals, you know, and then she wrote back. But I also cut and paste and sent the same exact message to her friend. So in case they decided to talk amongst each other, it wasn't me just talking to one of them. And it looks like I'm zoning in on like one because you got to treat your, you know, the ladies like Pokemon and like figure out, like level them all up at a low level, you know, figure out which one you want to level up all the way. And so she, she writes back and um, I was like, hey, can I get your aim? You know, this is when aim was cool back then. And I got her instant message. And then I would be like, hey, have you ever heard of this obscure band? And would just not respond to her for like a few weeks or a few days until finally, like we really hit it off, like on a conversation. It's like, hey, you think I earned some digits? It's like something corny like that. Like it was just awful. <laughs> yeah, was about, yeah, was it was awful. Something, but, no, you know, no it was awful. No, it was awful, right? And then she goes, she's like, hee, 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 of course, you know. It's like, sweet, you know. Is that how your wife laughs? No, it's not at all. Um, so anyways, um, I get her uh, I get her phone number. Digits? Her digits, you know, because this is Yo. 2000, 2006. Let me get them numbers. You know, I, I get her phone number. And then the next night, I try calling her, and she was busy. She's like, hey, let me call you tomorrow night. I was like, all right. And so she calls me the next night. And we talk from like 11 o'clock at night all the way to like six o'clock in the morning, the very first time. Legit. You know, like, he was like, all right, all right, it's cool, it's cool. And then so we talk every single night for like four months, you know, like, and this is like me in Michigan and her in Florida. Wow. Yeah. You know, like we're talking every night. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go down to Florida, visit some friends anyways, and I'll go visit my parents too. And, you know, ultimately there to go visit her. And, you know, like I go down and we hit it off at first, but then in the middle of the week, like we weren't so sure, you know, and then we really hit it off towards the end of my trip. And then I was like, you know what? I have nothing going on for me in Michigan anymore. And so a month later, I just hopped in a car with my friend with all our shit and we moved down to Florida like a month later with nothing. Like I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live or anything. I was just like, all right, well, and, just, and your soon to be wife was cool with this. Yeah. She was totally down with it. You know, Ooh. like, and so then, uh, love right there. Yeah. Then like <laughs> a year later, like, uh, I brought her to New York city and I proposed to her on April 1st or otherwise <laughs> on April fool's day. <laughs> well played. And she's like, this better not be a fucking joke. And I was like, <laughs> 
You know, it's like, are you saying yes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you can't say no if you say yes on April Fool's Day. So then. Obviously day would have been good. Um, so obviously she said yes. And um, yeah, so from there, um, you know, we ended up getting married. And we were lifeguards at Discovery Cove in Orlando, ah, Florida. I, I, people yes. spent yep. a shitload of money to swim with dolphins. Yep. And I was like going nowhere you know i was like huh what should i do with my life what should i do with my life um my brother um had joined the army and my cousin had recently gotten killed um as a pilot mm-hmm. you know in the army and i was just like well ever since i was a little kid i was like came from a military family i almost joined the military you know, straight out of high school anyways, but like for some reason or the other, I decided not to, I was about to join the Marines out of high school. Um, never do it. Hey kids, if you're at home, never join the Marine Corps. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately I did not, um, smart man. Yeah. And high GT uh, score, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I did have a decent score yeah. on everything. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I won't get too much details like about the army stuff, but like I, you know, I've, I've had a pretty fun career in the army. Uh, the army decided that I was smart enough to go learn a language over in California. And then I got to go spend some time and doing some fun stuff at another unit. And then I decided like, Hey, I'm going to go to the dark side and it commissioned. Uh, that. that was interesting. Um, were you bored out of your mind with the people you were with? Like at ROTC? Oh, you went ROTC route? Okay, that's different. Well, that, yeah, was, I did. that would probably be even worse because you're probably yeah. mostly with college kids. And well, yeah. So I went to a liberal arts school in Seattle, and that was interesting. Um, the I, definition of liberal arts school. I, uh, get it? I, knife hand, I knife handed a girl in the middle of a sociology class because she told me that uh-huh. I needed to- she told me that I needed to sit down and check my white male privilege. Wow. What year was this? Uh, this is like 2014. I didn't know that was even a thing back in 2014, male privilege or oh, white yeah. privilege. Oh, wow. yeah. Seattle, you know, tip of the spear in the liberal bullshit. Yeah. So that's but then cool. also, like, I'm not really the whitest of white dudes either. No, yeah, I was so. going to say, also, <laughs> on top of that, you are not a white male from what I remember. But anyway, that's cool. Um, so, well, I identify as a toaster, so it's okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and so like i did i did that and then commissioned and uh you know doing the whole infantry officer thing um and that's been fun and living the life uh, update we- update grandpa was just blocked by uh the black rifle coffee company but anyway um of course so, he was yeah well, I don't, I don't interact with anybody. I'm not, I, I, I avoid all this nonsense. Um, so yeah, you did that. You, you have this, uh, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with what you talked about. I mean, there's, there's so much stuff from you getting basically kidnapped yeah. <laughs> and driven my, to the by desert. My yeah. By your parents, d- driven to the desert of Utah and dropped off to where you actually had fun. Yeah. Uh, and then you were shipped off to a boarding school in the Dominican Republic where you yeah. were left essentially for six months. In addition, uh, you broke out through your wit where you pulled another one over your parents and uh, went to a Christian school. 
turned into a mega church, offended the brigade commander, aka whatever his role officially was. Met your wife through that on MySpace later on. Um, and now you're doing some pretty cool shit that I know of. Um, what has been like, let's be honest, like you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. Whereas a lot of people who go through very similar situations, they take different, they, they don't end up where you've ended up. So has there ever been like a point where you either, were you ever mixing? I know you were an independent entrepreneur, but were you ever like caught up in the wrong crowd? Were you ever like pulled so, from that side? Or, yeah, where, no, dude. So a lot of that's shit actually, you could have, yeah, you could have gone. That's the something way. I'm very passionate about right here. Yeah. Um, is like this messaging right here, dude, is, is you can either like, like if you look at like my story all the way from like when I was born all the way, even like with my adopted family, you know, like I've been kicked in the balls over and over in life. Um, well, like fucking um, my biological mom. So it was an open adoption with my biological mom. And then I met my dad, my biological father, um, through an ancestry DNA kit that my wife got me in like 2013. And um him and I hit it off really well. We became really close, really tight. And then he passed away this last summer. Right. This you was know. a prom guy. Um, yep. And then, yeah, so okay. he passed away this last summer. Um, that's, that's the, the one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sucked. Uh, he had the stroke. And then, but the thing is, is my biological mom, who also had an open relationship, you know, like, like able to like have her in my life, my whole life. Um, she passed away in 2017. Jesus. Right. You know, and like the thing is, though, dude, is life, life is just going to kick you in the balls no matter what. Right. If I have personally been kicked in the balls so many times in my life, um, you know, I've gone through certain selections and stuff like that. You know, like you get kicked in the balls in life and you have a choice what what you can do. Um, Right now, we live in a culture that the culture itself wants you to compete about who could be the bigger victim you know like woe is me like who's the bigger victim who Mm -hmm. has gone through more and who has more pain and it's like oh i'm more fucked up than you are no i'm more fucked up than you are it's like no what you can do is put on your big girl panties you know not the fuck up and you know keep on moving forward and i like how you covered both genders well both um I don't even know what they're called, but you, yeah. Least, yeah you well, I mean, covered... like, well, you mean the two real genders? Yeah. You so, covered. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you know, like you can keep up, you, know, you take the step, one step in front of the other, dude. It's like, I'm not saying that you need to run a marathon right away, but the thing is, is just keep on taking that step, keep on going forward mm-hmm. because you got to like align your life goals. Like, you know, like everybody's always focused on like the 300 to almost 500 meter targets in their lives and be like, Oh, woe is me. Cause I can't reach it. Well, it's like, yeah, you're yeah. right. Goddamn, reach it. Cause you're looking at that is like, if you line up different targets in your life and be like, Hey, I got this 25 and 50 that I'm making sure they line up with the, with the 300 meter target. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon that 300 meter target becomes a 25 meter target. And you're like, Oh, this is fucking easy. Right. Yeah. Um, cool. Like my adoptive parents um, never once have they really said they're proud of me. Right. You know, and like, that's actually something like that. My brothers, like my brothers and I were all high performing individuals. Yeah. And, you know, it's like everything like I do is like, we also have so many people in society that they settle and they're happy with like 
living life, you know, reaching a point and living their life. Whereas me is like, I want to climb this goddamn mountain. When I get above the clouds and I'm at the peak of this mountain, I don't want to make camp here at the top of this mountain. When I'm above the clouds on top of this mountain, I want to look, well, what's the next goddamn mountain that I want to go <laughs> conquer? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and like too many people though, are just pussies, man. I think that's actually, uh, that's, I think that's pretty valid. So I, I, you answered the question. I, I wanted to know if you had ever gotten back in touch with your biological mother and you said that she passed. And I think that's something that, man. So, so actually like, I, I got something to say about that too. Yeah, go ahead. So my biological mother, her, her my relationship with her was not the best uh, because she was very manipulative and would play a lot of games. And like one time, like I was in another country and I couldn't answer her phone calls because I didn't even know she was calling me because I'm in another country. And right. I want to get back and I turn my phone on. There's all these voicemails and text messages that are just like angry and hurtful because she thought I was ignoring her. Right. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Well, she ended up having like heart failure and heart disease. And I was actually at iBullock when this happened and like my biological uncle like called me. He was like, Hey, your mom's not going to make it past the week. Uh, if you want to come say goodbye, say goodbye. But I understand because she didn't treat you the best, you know, like why, if you wouldn't want to. And I made the decision. Whereas like everybody else is like, you don't owe her shit. You don't have to. Yeah. But I decided to go and I decided to go because I wanted to, to her face, I wanted to say, I forgive you, right? I wanted to let go whatever, yeah. whatever weight that I had on myself, you know, holding with her. And the thing is, though, is she was in a coma for like a week. As soon as I walked in the room and she heard my voice, she woke up from her coma. That's crazy. And yeah, that's, it's crazy. Like she woke funny. up from her coma and everybody, like the rest of my family was like, Oh my gosh, like she's talking, you know? And like, yeah. she came to, um, she died the next morning. It's meant to right? be. Right. You know, yeah. cause like I was her only son. Right. You right. know, like for her, I was her pride and joy, but just had a bad way of showing but, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, but like the thing is though, is I felt that, I need to get past my own self, my own pride and forgive her because there's huge power in forgiveness, forgiving other people that have wronged you. Right. And then instead of holding bitterness, instead of holding anger, like my parents now today, like my adopted parents, like I could look at life because I've had straight up friends, like even in the military is like, dude, why do you even fucking talk to your parents? Like when they hear my story is like, yeah, you know, it's like, why would you even talk to them? So it's like, I don't agree with anything that they did, their decisions, any, any of that stuff. And like, I don't agree with a lot of their beliefs and views today. But the thing is, is while, yes, I understand that, you know, like a lot of evils in this world have been done in good intentions. Like I do know that they a hundred percent believed that they were doing what was right, even though it was not right. You know, you know, like yeah. that's the thing is, what I try to preach to my soldiers is empathy is key. You know, like, like it's very important to have empathy, but so often now though in society, there is a line though is empathy does not equal sympathy. Whereas in our culture today, they're, they're, they're 
connecting empathy and sympathy being like, Oh, I need to be, yeah. you need to be empathetic to that person. It's like, no, no. Like I, under, I totally understand why Abu bad guy is digging a hole to put an IED in the middle of the road because <laughs> you know, like other Abu bad guy is saying, Hey, I'm going to fucking kill your whole family. If you don't do this, yeah. like I understand that. Right. But however, I'm still going to have my soldier shoot you in the fucking face when you're trying to bury a hole, you know, like bury, yeah. you know, like, like I'm not sympathetic to your cause. I, I'm, I'm empathetic. Cause like, if I was in your same shoes, I probably would do the same exact thing. Right. You know, but the thing is, is it doesn't mean that I need to be sympathetic. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's a lot going on with what you said in terms of where we are in society today. And this would be, this would be more of a conversation, uh, offline literally um but i feel like some of that has slowly began to permeate the profession that you and i are involved in yeah uh, and so it was ironic because uh I, I literally was talking with eddie today about something similar and when i got off the phone with him i really thought about that and i was just like man because it's coming up for me you know 19 years next month well, January, two months, well, whatever. And I just thought of, you know, I was breaking down the timeline of how things have changed for myself from when I came in to where they are now. And there's a very distinct uh, arc along that career path of when I could pinpoint when things began to change. And I'm not, when I was living through it, I, I would never say it in hindsight, I would, I can clearly identify it. And it's kind of ironic because um, it just goes and ties back into what you were saying. I remember my last deployment, I was a platoon sergeant and my platoon leader, you know, we would always obviously have our one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I remember her saying to me like, you know, Sarnsky, you lack empathy. And I'm like, do I lack empathy or do I just know when there's a bunch of bullshit because I've seen it. Like I came up, like I, like I've, there's so much stuff that I've done myself where I tried to play it or, or, or get something over. Cause that's just what, that's the nature of humanity, man. You're always, there's always going to be a time where you try to, you know, pull something over someone because you're trying to do what's best in the interest of yourself and whether people want to admit that or not don't, but I will. And, and that's just reality. That's just human nature. You, you, you always want to look out for number one. So that was my big conversation with her. I remember at one point, it's like, am I lacking empathy or am I just not uh, giving into bullshit? Whereas she, you know, you know, you know how this works, yeah. man. You, you weren't the typical officer, but you know, your standard officer is a very young individual who's usually at the age of probably an E4, maybe a young E5, right? Yep. Well, that young E4, young E5 has a hell of a lot more experience than this new second or first lieutenant or, you know, even a young commander. So, you know, me being the, the, the platoon sergeant, I'm like, ah, ma'am, you might want to, you know, look at this again. And I, I mean, I can't tell you what to do. I can only advise. However, um, I don't think it's a lack of empathy, I think. But it goes back into what you were saying with this generation that we're in right now is everyone is trying to play up the, uh, the level and the amount of victim. And everyone's been wronged more than the next person. And it's like this constant display of... Uh, of just who can, who, who can, who can, who can they blame the most and who can be uh, like the biggest victim. And I don't even see why that's a thing. Like, what do you, what do you want a podium spot at the victim Olympics? Like what kind of legacy is that? And I'll, I'll be honest. I'll probably get, well, 
this well nobody nobody wants to listen to my episode anyway so i won't get too much hate everyone's gonna listen to this this is gonna so, be the biggest one yet <laughs> no um I don't think that this is like a left thing either. I think this is it's like, both sides, it's man. on both sides, dude. We're just, we just proved uh, it this week. Already. Like, <laughs> uh, like, cause well, you know me and like, uh, I just try to use common sense and, you know, just like, you know, and it's like, whoa, you know, like a lot of times, like I feel even, you know, like I definitely am center right. And I know that, mm-hmm. but like right now, even like, I might get hate, but like I'm watching our own group yeah, essentially do purity tests right now for each other based on who you voted for, who you supported and like things come in public, you know, it's just like, holy shit, guys, like we've made fun of people for doing this exact stuff. And then, and then like, it's like, then I get like from people like, oh, but this is different because this is justified. It's like, you do realize that the other side says the exact same thing you just yeah. said. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is they hundred percent believe what they're doing too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like yeah. your sacred cow is different than their sacred cow. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like. Well, it, you already it, see this with the whole, like, what did, what did the, the Hillary supporters do instantly? It was like, Oh, not my president. Yeah. Man, y'all and then, doing, the, same, yeah, y'all doing like, the same shit. Okay. Uh, sorry. Whether you know, we may not have an official uh, recognition of who the next president is going to be, but whoever that man is, that's your fucking president. Okay. So, so, so like this whole like childish objection to everything when we don't get our way and to see it amongst, you know, people you respect and people you admire. Yeah. And like it's, and it's like, come on, man. Like it's just unfortunate. The example that- you're setting is not something to live up to or aspire to yeah. at all because I'm sorry. I said this to Eddie. There, there is not a single president now or in the future who will be elected or not elected that I will ever be moved to tears for. Like you, it, it's the fucking president. Like, why would I invest myself so much emotionally into someone that I a don't know, b you know, just hope does the best for everyone, and well, then c like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, look, man. I got to do what I got to do for myself and my family individually, regardless of who's in fucking holding a figurehead. I disagree with you though, man. Like that's I will, I will, no, I will, I will get moved to tears when, when Braxton's voted in and we have our, our okay, first, that's, that's, that's and we different. have a, and we have our, then we have our first, we have our first husband and, and, and grumpa. Ooh. So Ooh, the first husband, <laughs> you're getting us. Like, you know what? This like, I'll, I'll be moved. Well. I'll be moved to tears for that. So, I, look, I am in favor of, of a Braxton presidency. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen because I don't think he wants anything to do with the. <laughs> the uh... Uh, no, I would no. Braxton's running for office in 2022. Does he want you putting that out right now? Uh, no, I'm saying that. He has oh, you're no gonna choice. Make I'm you're just gonna saying that. I'm not making it because I'm not allowed to. Um, you know, hatch. Look, in all honesty, so. I, I, we go back into this, the, the, the little group chat. I mean, I said it the other day, kind of as like a throwaway remark, like what's stopping the 12 of us? What is, I mean, you guys want this, people want these types of things. And we're like, we sit in there and we waste so much negative energy on discussing what people that are actually doing it are doing. Well, yeah. well actually, I mean, I've always thought like, I, I, I've yeah. said this to Braxton in, in conversation. It's like, look, man, I've always wanted to run for office from the youngest I can remember. 
when I started going to school the second time after I dropped out of college and joined the army and went back and I changed my major to political science, like that's all I wanted to do because I, you know what I, what I look at it as man. And, and maybe you can relate to this. I don't know if you can, um, you've obviously been to some military schools, army schools. So you know exactly what I'm talking about when I reference this point, when I've walked into an army school and I've been to many of them at this point, when I finally realized, you know, I don't count basic training in AIT because no one knows what the fuck they're doing. They're just like, ah, where do I go? You just want to be in the right place at the right time. But moving on past that, I've always walked into an army class because you know how the army does things, right? They do it by small groups. I've always walked into my group when it was finally broken down and I looked to my left and right. And I'm like, there's nobody in here better than me. Now, if you are, we're going to find out and that's fine. But my mentality has always been, you're not better than me you'll have to prove it because I will not acquiesce and just, I would just not give that up. So it goes into my same thing with, with politics, man. We, we sit here and we bitch and complain about the elected politicians from both sides. Both sides do it. It's not unique to the right. It's not unique to the left. Both oh, yeah. sides fucking complain about who their elected officials are. We're like, guess what? Those are the fucking people who've decided to run for office. So what the fuck are you mad about? Either you decide to throw your hat in the ring and you either win or lose and, and take your ball and go home when you do lose or you, you fucking take your ball and go to Congress and be like, what up, bitches? I got my office. Let's do some shit. And that's what I'm trying to bring it back to, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, look at the 12 of us. And I exclude myself because all I am is some dude who just fucking would love to do that. But let's look at the resumes of the men that are in that chat. This is what really we're going to pretend like those fucking people can't represent their their, their constituents or anywhere. We should do that, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We spend so much time talking about a bunch of stuff and we're not like, look, I love everyone in that chat, but we, we there's no action. And if there is action outside of maybe, you know, Lafayette Lee, we don't know it. Maybe it's behind the scenes shit. We're not sharing it, but at the same time, there's not. And, and I'm guilty of that too. Like we should be doing more if it really means this fucking much. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lafayette Lee is gonna he's very into it yeah I like he's, he's definitely like I love that guy um he is how about that it, profile with him in that rifle the other day huh that was good Ooh, yeah, yeah anyway <laughs> the, the, the people can't the people don't see that shit they so will not we get to see that that's right but, um we get to <laughs> see exclusive. that shit very exclusive. very 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 exclusive club <laughs> um yeah, uh, <laughs> now you just got me thinking about Lafayette Lee with that that rifle. Uh, that was a that was a Scar H right there. Um, I whereas, don't I don't speak gun, so go ahead. Oh, Red would say ew, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but so yeah, like I think honestly, I think that Lafayette Lee Braxton um, should run uh, Grumpa. Very smart dude. Very smart dude. Um, I don't see him running for office, but I could see him being like on a staff or somebody's office. Um, me, I'm too moderate because I piss off both sides um, because I guess I'm not patriot enough for certain people on the right. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I mean, like, I feel I've done my country a lot of service, but I guess it's not enough. The Republic's um, crumbling because of yeah. you. Because of me, uh, actually, somebody that I would love to run would be Joe Kent. Um, oh, absolutely! And look where he's at. Well, he's up. In I'm always in Washington State now. Yeah, now I was gonna so, say, man, if that fucker. Really but he's a, but he's in a red area of Washington State, so he could do a okay. state. He could do yeah. state legislator. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. 
Uh, no, I love Joe. That that guy right there. And um, I don't want him to cut his hair. He needs to keep that. No, well, he represents the best of us. That guy right there. Yeah, he he's um, he is. Fucking, I, I, I talked about this him, with Eddie. Like, yeah, watching like that him dude's life his and his wife. Like that's that's like you got a trilogy right there, dude. For sure. Um, like I love having conversations with him. Um, the guy is like literally the most humble dude you'll ever yeah. meet. Because we all brag on him. He doesn't brag on himself. Right. But the thing is, is that's the way it's supposed to be, right? You know, it's like you brag on your friends and you like, you don't have to like, you don't have to brag on yourself. You just, you know, you surround yourselves like with great people. Like that's what I love about our group of friends, dude, is like, like iron sharpens iron, man. Like everybody has their strength in a different way. Um, Everybody keeps each other accountable um that's what i love about you and grandpa is i know you and grandpa specifically keep me checked um because like you've you've given me certain texts in the past be like yo you probably should check yourself on this and i was like yeah you're right definitely should have you know and i appreciate that you know it's like you don't sugarcoat it and that's not the way i want it is like you know if i'm fucking up go ahead and slap my pee-pee yeah, I might get hard, you know. <laughs> what you, you don't like that one? There you go. No, I did like it. It's just you know, you know, I there's no filter here. You say what you need to say. All right. Yeah, we I say not, what I need to say, but that's that's, right. that's the thing is like like I'll get deep. You know, it's like it's like you think you got it. You think you need the scuba gear, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like Bring your shovel. All of a sudden, it's just like, how did we get on land? You know, it's just yep. like, yep. So and there's a great, there's a great button when you go to upload on YouTube. It's like, is this appropriate for kids 13 and under? And this is a no, that's all. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I feel proud that, uh, <laughs> that I am. If, on- if it makes you feel better, not a single episode I've done in the catalog has been safe for 13 and under. So. Um, and I do that from a parent perspective. Hey, what are you drinking now? Uh, I'm on Hancock reserve. Single barrel, also made by Buffalo You're, Trace. It's kind of not very well bottle. known. In, what? You almost killed that bottle too. Oh, well, this is about a year and a half old. Um, okay, but you, you're, you've been killing bottles lately, dude. I know, which all, all that means is I have More. bottles to replace. Exactly. Yes, this is true. Yeah. I mean, it's Christmas, so I'm waiting for all the you know the gift, gift certificates and all those things because I, I everything I get, I use for bourbon replenishment. Oh, yeah, I still got to send you the stuff that I got to send you. Yeah, I remember you asked for all those uh, addresses and you didn't get one. No, I said DM me because I didn't want. Oh, I'll text I, yeah, you I right didn't... now. Did I already text you? No, yet? you already texted me. Okay, no it's, uh, I didn't want to like put people in an awkward position and be like, I don't want to give my address to everybody else. You know? Well, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I don't feel like anyone in that group would really care. But at the same time, I think there's a few that do. I don't know. You never know, dude. I don't. I Dan don't care. might like, care the guy you assume or, or, or wait, no, not that you assume the guy you constantly refer to Dan because it's not his name. <laughs> well, cause like, I, well, because I know, I know red personally and I know that he is not all right. Caveat everybody. I am just joking and giving red shit. When I call him Dan, he is not really Dan. His okay? name is not Dan. It's not Dan. I promise you it is not Dan. And also <laughs> the guy, Have you seen a cat card to prove it, dude, if any of you if any of you guys ever get a chance to meet red in person 
He's got the softest, friendliest eyes in the world. (laughs) (laughs) They'll they'll lull you into a false sense of security. That's what he's going for. Before he goes ahead and snaps your neck. You know what? Look, at this point, you see this bottle? Just kill it. Just drink it all right now. I think I think we'll kill this, and this will be perfect in terms of us. You know, oh yeah, this is perfect. Last pour, losing another good one tonight. I'll put this on the gram, or not the gram, but on the uh, the the old twitters as losing another one tonight. And then yeah, when as, I finally finish that, we Braxton can, we will say the, the twatters. Yeah, um, the twatters. Yeah, I, I never got the twatters. I know I know people say that, but I'm just saying. Do you happen. remember when Braxton used to call you all the time or text you all the time? I I do remember Braxton and I would text very regularly. Um, um, we would too. Him and me too. I, well, I mean, like, him, I'm like, the only person. I'm only. The, I'm the only person in the group that is friends with him in real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, he asked you to text him last night. Remember? He did do that. Well, I was asleep. Okay. Oh. Well, he did ask you. Um. But no. Uh. Yeah. Like that's a true story. Like Maddie's like, did you guys break up? Because you you don't mention Braxton anymore. I'm like, well. Well, then again, you and Braxton? I. You and I used to have a daily DM. We did, um, but we've never really lost touch. But Braxton, no, you're no, right. no, we, we don't we don't talk anymore. And people are going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? But look, I I try to give Braxton his space. I'm a good person because yeah. he said very specifically, if you need help finding a, 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 a job, right? Because that's what I am looking for. I'm trying to get out in this next year and find an employment. Still have never been able to talk to him. He he's always busy. So well, hey, I, just I, did, I, I did my part and I told you, you where I did. I, I did my thing. Apply. You did my thing. Um, have but, you heard back? Uh, but yet? No, look, I, uh, no, nothing yet. Uh, I told you already. I don't anticipate it. I am, you know, I'm overqualified, but um, so <laughs> uh, no, I have not. But at the same time, like I am not one. I am never the person to like, I don't hound, but you know what? If, if you want to talk, we'll talk. If not, whatever i don't i don't i don't i i give people their space i don't intrude um as i as i what is what is the word it's not effort as i author this text uh you're not going to be on the screen because you're blocked out but anyway uh another bottle we lost another good one on the cast um we lost another good one on the cast and i'm going to tag you though oh yeah with 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 brinky dink <laughs> brinky dink brinky dink with brink there it is it is it is on the twatter at this point what's odd man did you get over to parlor yet i've been on parlor since the beginning bro i feel like i have as well i created an account like i said back in 2018 uh, all i'm using it all i've decided to use it for is i'm just posting all of the the links from this show that's it that's all I'm going to use yeah. it for. It's definitely uh, gotten better since I mocked it. And I was like, for those wondering what Parlor is, it's basically Twitter. If your elementary school kids designed the platform, um, that was my take. Yeah, no, it's gotten I, better. Like over the last few weeks, it actually makes sense, but I refuse to follow people. I don't want to interact. I do that on Twitter. That's it. And I don't even interact on Twitter, to be honest. I just post my shit and my random thoughts. I don't want to do that on another account. It's the same uh, reason I don't do any of that shit on Facebook. Like there's people who use Facebook for like the longer version of Twitter. And I just, it, it, it annoys the shit out of me. I don't want to uh, do any of that. My Facebook is to keep in touch with family members so they can see pictures the of my kids. I created, I created Facebook um, on my last deployment. And then and also it. like pretty much all like my soldiers 
you know, like that's how I, and then also that's where I get like all my killer memes is oh my, my soldiers. Oh, I do like my soldiers are like deprived and that's where I get all my memes from because that's fair, especially, especially like my, like the, you know, the E4 mafia guys, the E4 uh, mafia is where you want to be embedded. You need to have, they, uh, they, have they, 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 there. they give me, they give me the best memes that like I'll send to you guys and I'll send to my brothers too, that are just like the most depraved, like just like, Ooh, look at that. Gone, man. This is a good one. So for those who don't know, Hancock's, special or Hancock's presidential reserve, which may be, never mind. Um, Hancock's presidential reserve. Buffalo trace makes this. It's one of their lesser known line. Like Buffalo trace, you got to understand is the greatest distillery going in the United States. They have so many products. Every single one of them uh, requires just a stupid amount of devotion and attention to find and acquire. Uh, you have the antique collection from the Pappy Van Winkle to the William Lou Weller to the George T. Stegg to the Stegg, all those things. And then it, it filters all the way down to this, the, the standard, you know, your Blanton's, your Hancock Reserve, you know, your, your everyday drinker, which is Buffalo Trace. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with Colonel Taylor. There's so many products in this line that Buffalo Trace makes, and they're all absolutely fucking incredible and amazing. But look, there's a lot of fuckers out there like you, maybe potentially watching this, who've caused a $130 bottle of Pappy Van Winkle to go for $4,000 on the aftermarket because you're willing to fucking pay for it. I need you to stop it. I need you to stop doing it because at the end of the day, yes, that stuff is very good. But if I gave you Buffalo Trace, the flagship, the entry level, the, hey, $22 a bottle, Buffalo Trace, and I put that on par with some of the things that you go crazy for, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I'm just saying that. So anyway, Brink, thanks for listening to my bourbon rant. Well, thanks for ranting about bourbon to me. I mean, this is what I do. I don't like people being suckered into paying prices that they shouldn't. Because this was, this is re- this is recent. Like the bourbon phenomenon. A, we can t- we can tie it back to two shows. Do you know what two shows they are? What two shows are those? Mad Men, episode one. Uh. I've never seen an episode. You've never watched Mad Men? No, I just know Don Draper's dick. Yeah, Don Draper in the first episode, he talks about Manhattans, right? So I thought his dick was too big for his suit pants. I don't know anything about that. Um, Weird that you have that. But anyway, um, (laughs) so Mad Men was number one. Number two is Justified because on every episode, just about every episode, Art, who was played by uh, Nick Searcy, big on Twitter. Uh, I once got in an argument with Nick seriously about three years ago on my old account. Like we went back and forth for like 17 texts. It was fucking funny. Well, how um, many accounts have you gone through? That I, I had that one. I had my original account from 2010 and then I got rid of it. Uh, September, maybe August of last year. And then I got this one now. Um, yeah. So what, what was funny about that is uh, so yeah, on justified, they would always have bourbon and most of the stuff that they would show on bourbon was from Buffalo trace. You always had Elmer T Lee, another bottle standard $40 bottle brink $40. Now, if you're, you're lucky to find Elmer T Lee for less than 200 at any liquor store on average, it's probably between two and 300 stupid, just dumb. Well, I won't be buying happy Van Winkle. Same thing. Um, 
Colonel Taylor. Blanton's, another one. Got two bottles in the background right there. Chip, God's Chip. What do you think about that, buddy? Anyway, um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where we are with bourbon. And I, I really do hope it, it dies down. I just don't see it happening at the moment because unfortunately bourbon's not like beer. It takes years to make. It is what it is. I appreciate the, the gospel. According yeah. To thanks for, thanks for chiming in, Mr. Brink. The gospel um, according to Eric. Yeah, that's, that's Brink, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you, you, you throw him a topic like bourbon and he's got nothing to offer so it's unbelievable comes on a show about bourbon and he's just gonna all right you want to hear my take on bourbon is i yes. like my bourbon i have my own <laughs> i bourbon. like my bourbon <laughs> i like my bourbon i like to drink a lot of my bourbon um in fact it's gotten me into a lot of trouble in life uh, speaking of which how did you come on and specifically be like i'm guess what i'm headed i'm headed to Publix to get beer you don't come on a bourbon show and drink beer what, what was that about um, because I'm anti-establishment, obviously. I'm going to do the rebellious thing and drink beer instead of bourbon. I will drink my bourbon when I want to drink my bourbon, not when you tell me to drink your bourbon. Because you have a picture of yourself with aviators drinking a, a glass of bourbon. Those are not aviators, by the way. Those are guests. Uh, That's oh, guess. my bad. Yeah, I was going to say some some Gucci – like. So oh, I yeah. had a great set of and, and, like, it's crazy. Once, and I left them in an Arizona Starbucks once and I don't know where they're at to this day. Like, you know, it's not my fault that you look like a bleached out asshole over there on that picture. Wow. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, because like, what am I going to do? Like, so like, I have a lot of bourbon over there. I, I actually was going to drink some of my Michters tonight. But I decided I was going to do that for you too. But when you said you got beer, I was just like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Not tonight. Not now. Not never. Not now. Not never. You'll, you'll drink Michter's with me later. I do. Um, I have it over there. It's ready. Always um, ready. I, I have about a finger left of my horse soldier. So I wasn't going to drink that tonight. Yeah. That's all I got about as well. I need to go. Um, uh, yeah. I got to go get more of that. Um, I got the maker select. I also got, got that. I got, well, I got some Makers 46, which really wasn't that great, to be honest with you. Um, it was okay. Uh, I have a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, so Makers is different. Like that's what people don't understand. No, I like Makers, makers. is weeded, right? So Makers yeah. is one of the few bourbons that replaces rye with the wheat. And so if you don't like that, you may not like that. And that's what Buffalo Trace has done so well with the Weller line and the yeah. and Winkle line. Those are all weeded bourbons, right? So they take the rye and replace it with wheat. Um, and then the, the, obviously different changes with the mash bill in terms of the corn ratio. But uh, yeah, makers, some people don't like makers because ironically, like bourbon is known for being sweet and that's usually attributed to the corn. But a lot of people don't like makers because they say it's too sweet. Which, no, like I like regular makers. What I'm saying is the makers 46, the 46. Yeah, is I'm surprised because, like, that you don't like because, the 46. No, the 40, it's just, like, it's a little bit more a proof point, which I don't, I, I don't, I don't dislike it. It's just, I don't think it's special. Like it's, well, I mean, it's almost, again, it's almost like a gimmicky hoax to me. Like, cause it's like, it's, it's makers from, with a higher proof point and it's well, finished. No, it's like staves. they put the staves. Yeah. yeah. They, they finish it with staves and it's just like, you know, it's just like, Ooh, look at me. I put some well, staves well, in my it's, it's so I, – I, I see both sides, right? I see where you're coming from because, unfortunately, a lot of the bourbon market has been flooded with 
gimmicks, as you may say. But, you know, some of them make sense because Blanton's, let's go back to Blanton's, right? Buffalo Trace. Blanton's was the first single barrel. It was the first single barrel offering, right? I think it started in the 90s. It was the first bourbon to be offered as a single barrel, right? So what that means is, what, what if you guys don't know this at home, when you, when you drink a bourbon, a Buffalo Trace, a Wild Turkey, an Elijah Craig, whatever it is, you're drinking something and less stipulated on the bottle that says single barrel. You're drinking a blend yeah. of, of their bottle of their barrels. Right. Cause you know, you're going to go make a bourbon. You're going to have tons of barrels and you're going to blend something to a flavor profile that you like. Right now, when you see single barrel, you're getting bottle from that single barrel and yeah. based and on the proof point, you're anywhere yeah. between 140, 100, 140 to about 220 bottles will come from a single barrel, right? And that's like, so that's, and they're like, most of those are like bonded too, right? Well, no, it'll say, it'll yeah. say bottled in bond and bottled yeah. in bond goes back to the, the bottled in bond act of 1897 bourbon yeah. was the first product to be regulated by the federal government. And so if it's bottled in bond, it has to be a minimum of four years old. It has to be a minimum of hundred proof. It has to be stored in a, a federally bonded warehouse of overwatched by the government, obviously. And it has to be distilled in one distilling season. So everything has to come from that single distillery. Because the government old. is good and the government needs to overwatch everything. Right. And hey, this, was, this, was actually, everything. this was actually one example of the government doing the right thing because people were literally dying drinking whiskey. That yes, yes, whiskey. actually, yes. <laughs> um, so, government. Yeah. But Braxton going forward, agree. no, that's no, Braxton great... agrees. The government should be in charge of everything. <laughs> that's actually a good thing, though. Like, if you ever, if you don't know what type of bourbon to get, if if you could see bottle and bond, it's usually a good point of reference because yeah. you get those minimums, right? You get four years, yeah. you get hundred proof, you get bottle, you get one distillery season. You know where it's coming from. Um, but yeah, so those are the marketing things that have come along the way. The single barrel, the barrel. Well, and then like, that's the next thing that's going what's on. What's that company that like, uh, it's like that huge company that is like responsible for most of bourbons. Cause like, especially a lot of newer companies that don't have time to age their bourbon. Yeah. That's MGP. So yeah, that's MGP, the, uh, right? That's the Midwest grain production. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, well, that's what horse soldier is. That's what. Yeah. 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 Smoke wagon. Like. This massive distillery produces all of this bourbon. And if you are a craft distiller, while you're waiting for your stuff to age, because bourbon, like I said, is not beer. You can't just make it. It takes years. While you're waiting for your own stuff to age, you get into a barrel program, right? You buy stuff and you create your own blends, right? So you, you create something that tastes good. Widow Jane is a great example of this from Brooklyn. Um, Templeton Rye did this shit after for a while, honestly, in uh, in Indiana. You want to know what my wagon. favorite, one of my favorite cheap whiskeys? Um, because it's because it, it's cut too. Is a uh, um, uh, tin cup. Tin cup's great. It's from Colorado. Yeah, yeah, it's Colorado, and like uh, High West still about, does this shit with the MGP yeah. thing. Well, what I love mm-hmm. about tin cup is like their bottle, like with the cup. The it's super sturdy. Yeah. And it comes with that little tin cup, obviously, yeah, it's which is cup. It, which is the exact and, uh, which is the exact uh, amount for one shot. Yep. And if you put it in your rucksack, no matter how hard you're <laughs> out there in the field, that bottle won't break. And when your Joes are bedding down and you just had enough, <laughs> uh, you could just pull out that tin cup, yep. get your get your first sergeant, and be like, "Hey, hey, top, let's 
let's go over let's go over here you know and then like you're just like yeah and it's like sir are we allowed to do this like i don't give a fuck we are allowed to do this and see i want to come back to that but let me finish this last point so again um most of the stuff that's sourced from a new distillery will be sourced from ngp and the problem that they will eventually run into is when it's time to sell their own stuff you've also been pushing a product that has this flavor profile. So now your own stuff, you have to find a way to blend things to make it match or exceed the flavor profile that your brand is already expected to deliver, right? So that is the intricacies and the trickery of being a master distiller and a master blender because it's not about just, oh, I think I'll make bourbon. It's not that easy, folks. Um, but it's because but, you're a masturbator. Uh, hell, um, so, but yes, Here's what I want to say based on what Jimmy just, or a Brink, fucking name is what it is. His, I went this whole amount. That's not his name. Uh, Brink said, you know what? We need to bring our, our, our American military back to a point where we can have some fucking fun because no first sergeant or anybody should be saying, should we be able to do this when it comes to a bottle of fucking bourbon? It's as American as it gets, and you need to be able to drink it with your Joes in the fucking field and not feel bad about it. Dude, I want I want to bring back the times where like I could have like goddamn chops if I could grow them, and also I want to take pictures with one hand in my jacket for no reason. Um, exactly, you know, just be like, "Yep, look how awesome I look yeah, with my, my fucking with, with my with my chops and my one hand in my my jacket pocket, and I mean, bring it, back dueling." Um, <laughs> I mean, we should still do dueling, but it should just be like the modern day version of it. Let's just fucking have combatives. Like, look, if you want to call me out or I call you out, let's go to the mat. Let's figure it out. All right. I'm I'm huge anti whatever Mac P guy, whatever. You're anti? Really? I'm anti Mac P. Why are you anti Mac P? Why? Because it. We should not be training that to soldiers. Why? We should be training them actual, like applicable things that they can use out like you know like stuff like krav maga type shit you know stuff Ooh, that you would love to talk to clay <laughs> is, is he is he a mac peep no clay martin, is, clay martin is very anti krav maga did you not read concrete jungle did you not listen oh, to our yeah. podcast come on oh, bro. yeah my bad what i'm saying <laughs> though is like like something that you can actually use well, in, I think like, did you go through field. level one? Did you do the combat yes. level one? Okay. Yeah, like which is just like oh, so yeah, level one we're is fighting like, on our knees, and now I get to take it yeah. open. You know, open. I don't think it ever actually starts teaching you stuff that you can use until you get to level two. But most people, but don't. no, what the thing most is, most people don't so, go to so, level two. Well, right? so the argument that I've heard for Mac P is is it's showing for the, like hold trying, on. For those who don't know what Mac P is, it's the modern army combatives program. It's anyway, showing like the the it's getting people to the aggressiveness and like the, the warrior spirit type thing, whatever, you know, like, you know, like the sport, like, sure. Yeah, I get that. And if that's all like, but the thing is, is if you got like, you know, like private Joe snuffy over here and he's like trying to like grapple with some dude on the ground, that's not going to fucking save him. You know, like he should be punching that guy in the balls and biting his fucking face off and gouging his eyes out well i think that's part of it it's just aggression of action right i mean no mac p is all like mma which i love mma yeah but, but the it, thing it's is designed this, to the thing is it's like you're not gonna fight hand. you're not gonna fight mma like like brazilian jiu-jitsu he's like 
you're not going to do that in real life. No, but I mean, I feel like that it is designed to give you things to do when you find yourself in a situation to where most people don't know what the fuck to do. So it's giving you a baseline. Dude, I'll fucking Because you got to remember the guy you're fighting. If we get in a fight in the ball, like in the bar, dude, I'm fucking kicking you in the balls and poking you in the eye like fucking three. I see that. However, if if I'm going to get in a fight with fucking, you know, Joe Isis, Joe Isis doesn't know anything. So I need to get him on the ground and put him in a fucking arm bar. That's level one. Why do you need to put him in the armbar? You want to kill him or disable him? I know. Him. Well, you're going to put him in the armbar. You're going to break his fucking arm because you're not responding to his desire to tap. And then once you break his arm, then you can continue to beat him in the fucking face with your rifle. But you still have to get to a point where you can beat him in the face with your rifle. And if you're in a fight with him at, uh, you know, hand-to-hand combat, you got to get the upper hand somehow, bro. No, I, I mean, I mean, I mean like, I, I can't. But here's my you, point: if you oh, if you don't even do that, you're leaving it up to your soldiers to invent their fighting tactics. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying not to teach them anything at all. I'm just saying, with other jobs I've held in life, they've taught so, much more applicable. Well, yeah, but okay. So that's where we're di- here. Here's why. Yeah, I mean, like much more applicable. So look, so I went to army basic training in 2002, right? I went to army drill sergeant school in 2008. And that was my first introduction to level one. That's when it was still a part of the drill sergeant curriculum is like, yeah, the last week of drill sergeant school was learning level one. But when I went through basic training, it wasn't called that. We had three days of actual hand to hand fucking whatever combat shit. And I remember, uh, you just learned very basic shit. I can't even remember what it, all I remember was the fight I had. It was against my buddy. Like they put me and my best fucking friend against, you know, I remember he was from Chicago. He's a little shorter than me. And I remember that motherfucker bit my knuckle, but I fucking choked his ass out twice. And it was great. But I just remember that because for me, I had never really been in a fight before then. Right. Like I had been punched in the face in high school, but it never really led to a fight. Like I was, I, my, all of my fights were with me and my brother and it was just him kind of like practicing on me. So this was the first time I was actually in a fight. And then I had won twice and I was pretty excited about it. When I went into drill sergeant school, same thing. Like when we finally got to the pits and you had to go fight people from other pits, I won all those fights. It was a confidence builder. It's like, Oh shit, I can win fucking like, so I think the army's done a great thing into actually giving a program to where people can develop some sort of confidence with basic skills to what it means to be successful in a fight. Now, at the end of the day, you can have all the skills you want. You either have something inside you that wants to physically dominate or win a fight or someone who submits, right? That's just the two type of people. I, I, I will never, doesn't matter what your art is. You either want to fucking win a fight or you're at some point, you're going to just fucking submit and give up. And ultimately in our line of work, that means you're going to die. That's, that's just real. Whether people want to admit it or not, I think most people will be like, oh, you're a soldier. You should, you don't want to do this. I don't think you understand how every soldier is constructed. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to lie though. Like if you start choking me out, I'll let you choke me out. Cause it's the best thing in the world. You're going to die. I'm talking about you choking me out. Oh, oh yeah. Out. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, look at this. I got to look at the screen and see the bears at five and five. They're not in the fucking playoff hunt. They're going to go to green Bay on Sunday and get their fucking doors blown off. Yeah. they this are. This is the type of shit that I don't like comes yeah, on during are. the podcast. Yeah. Stay Eric, wait, Eric, say go Pat, go. I'm glad I turned your camera off. 
How the fuck are you a Packers fan? You're from fucking Michigan. My mom is from Wisconsin, the one that adopted me. Uh And so, you know, so that was the only team that she was like to my brothers and me, like, you will like the Packers. And I was like, okay, that's much easier than liking the Lions. In fact, I hate the Lions and I want the Lions to go 0 16 every year because they just got shut out. What, yeah, that's awesome. So when I was when I was when so when I was like a little kid, I'm wearing my Reggie White jersey. We're at a game at Pontiac Silverdome, and some drunk Lions fan behind me dumped his beer all over me, and I'm like wow. nine. I'm like nine years old, dude. Yeah. And ever since then, I was just like, Lions fans suck. That's um, true. They do. I I want them to go 0 and 16 every year. Um, there's only. I'll, so obviously I don't like the the Bears, but I don't hate the Bears as much as I hate the Lions. Yeah, and then I, also I, I'm kind of with you on that because I, I I don't like the Packers, but I despise the fucking Lions and Vikings. Yeah, I can respect that, a winner. At least yeah. the Packers are a winner. There's there's <laughs> one team there's one team that I hate the most, even more so than the Lions, and this just because I lived in the area. Um, Ooh, and that this? would be the Seahawks. Really? Uh, <laughs> I like this. I don't mind them. My no, brother is Seahawks fan. No, and it's because of the Seahawks. It's because of Seahawks fans, and they're a bunch of band. Yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> talking to you, Max, and I'm you, like, you know, like all you little Seahawks, like little bandwagon <laughs> fans. I was at the fucking uh, Packers Seahawks <laughs> NFC Championship game. That was a the, great fucking I, game. I remember. I was like, in the bar like, in Orlando. No, I, I was in downtown I'm in, playing. I'm, no, dude, listen to this. I'm, so I'm, in the, I'm in the fucking Hawks nest with all my Packers shit on. <laughs> So one of my game. like one of my really good friends, you know, he's a huge Seahawks fan, and he bought the tickets when he thought it was going to be the Packers versus I think the Cowboys, not the Packers. I mean, no, the Seahawks versus the Cowboys, and then the Packers beat the Cowboys, you know, in the playoff game. Yep. Yep. And he he bought the tickets because this girl. Des Bryant was, caught that, by the way. Anyway, yeah, the, this girl he thought that he was going to smash was a huge Cowboys fan, and during the game he tried to like like impress her by buying tickets. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll take you to this game right here. And then the Cowboys lost. And then so as the game is like, and he's like, hey, bro, I got these tickets. You want to go with me? And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, hey, well, you didn't get laid, but hey, you you got me, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And so, dude, this fucking little kid, he's like got to be like nine or ten years old sitting right behind me. And he keeps on chucking Skittles at the back of my head because I'm the only one wearing wow. Packer shit. Yeah, so Mark's there's these three, there's these three grandmas sitting next to me on all their Seahawks gear, knitting the whole game. They were straight up knitting like a scarf or something, but they were really cool, really nice. But this is like little punk ass kid keeps on throwing his Skittles at the back of my head. So then at <laughs> halftime, dude, at halftime, I just had enough. I turn around to this little ten year old kid. He just <laughs> Skittle bag out of his hand and then held it in front of his face and just dumped them all out. And then his, he looks at his dad, like he's like, he looked at his dad, like, dad, are you going to help me? And his dad straight goes, dude, you've been throwing Skittles at his head this whole game. What do you expect? <laughs> You're lucky he didn't punch you. And it was like, well, I mean, like I'm an adult. I'm not going to punch a 10 year old kid, but I will That's dump goddamn funny. Skittles. You know, awesome. but I did watch like three quarters of like, their fans leave the stadium when they thought that the Packers were going to win. And there was like seven minutes left in the game. And then I watched Mike McCarthy just blow it with shitty play calling. He's still doing it in Dallas. 
Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> Are you glad? You, you're probably pretty happy for him to be Oh, dude, so my brothers and I, we go to Lambeau Field. Like, we try to go yeah. in December. And uh, the last game year. I had – Yeah, no, not this year. The last game I was able to go to was two years ago. It was the game – first game after McCarthy was fired. <laughs> and – we won. Well, see, that was, was the Bears' good year. Like that was weird. That was the Bears' was, good it was, year. It was glorious because we won. Rogers and, got hurt. Well, what was awesome about that game too is my uh, my brother, who's he's a tanker or was a tanker. He was he was medically retired. He's also fat. So yeah, like, it, it the, makes the sense. Thing, he's a yeah, tanker. He's, he's yeah, a tanker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tankers are fat. <laughs> yeah, Max, another dig at you yeah. for being a Seahawks fan and being fat because you're a tanker. I don't even know uh, if Max listens to this. He probably, he probably doesn't. doesn't. He probably doesn't because you're too you're too right wing for him. He's <laughs> too he's too busy bitching about people not wearing masks when they when they jump in stands. Okay. <laughs> like god damn dude what are you not afraid of he's like oh the covid boogeyman's gonna get you it's like listen here motherfucker i had covid and it was like a shitty cold all right it sucked and let's be honest we are overdue for a mass calling in our in our like you know the global population anyways so like fired up he's off and running we're, we're fighting against natural selection as it is. God damn it, motherfuckers. You know, yeah. You better edit all this shit out. I'm just nope, saying, not editing one this. bit. <laughs> yeah. You, you just be like, hey, you know, it's, it's pretty good for like the first 99%, but then the last 1% right before we log off, like, Brink's just like going off. This, you is, know. this um, is the one. This is the one you want. It'll just yeah. be this. It'll be a, cl- a five-minute clip of this. <laughs> Forget about other stuff about you growing up. This yeah, a five a five minute clip of this. Yep. You don't even know what you were saying, do you? Yeah, dude. I was talking about like fucking the Seahawks sucking seacock. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. So yeah, the Seahawks. uh, I I am a big fan of the Seahawks. No, I love love Russell Russell Wilson. Wilson. I love Russell Wilson. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, Russell Wilson's awesome. There's um, some crazy got- shit going on right now in Tampa. I just want you to know that. That was definitely a fucking fumble. If Brady gets this again, because this is reminiscent of the fucking Oakland Raiders and AFC Championship, and they didn't call it a fumble. Holy fuck. It's the same play. There's just no snow <laughs> on the ground. So, um, Brady, I love Brady because he went to Michigan, as you know. Um, yeah. But still, God, that motherfucker is like the most. Well, you want to talk about Michigan real quick? Yeah. Uh, the fact that we, I love we got Michigan. we got like three I, minutes and then we're gonna I love, get out of yeah here. I love Michigan but like dude it sucks man. I can't believe like, the social media account is trying to sell a triple overtime win against fucking Rutgers a team who didn't even win a fucking game within the last two years yeah it's Rutgers yeah you're Michigan the bad problem my my problem with michigan is when you turn them on on the tv you still expect something good to happen because of how they look right like their uniform the fucking tradition you're like oh dude we were the first team to get the jordan uniforms man exactly if i was michael jordan i'd be like fuck this i'm gonna go sponsor ohio state i mean it makes total sense to have a basketball legend as your football who's never been tied to football to have you know like he should be he, he shouldn't be wasting his time with fucking michigan football michigan basketball i would get but football oh, well michigan basketball is still solid their program's still solid i know they're 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 a very good team now we got we got juan howard as coach i i, I like that i'm a big fan of it i love you want uh juana man 
Do you want to, man? I just, I still remember the fucking Fab Five. I remember the Fab Five game when they Dude, lost I remember North when, Carolina because we yeah. were in North Carolina on a. I was in seventh grade. We were on a spring break trip, a spring break trip to North Carolina in the mountains, and we had the storm of the century came through. If anyone remembers, in 1993 or 94, whenever that fucking year was, and we were just buried in snow. We couldn't do anything. The roads, everything was closed. All we had to do was watch Chris Weber call timeout when he didn't have it. That was it. He's a, he's a really nice guy, Chris Weber. I, I, I imagine he is, but he still called timeout when he didn't have I it. I mean, sarcastic. Oh, he's not a nice guy? No. Oh, well, he's bad. kind of a douche. Well, all right, Mr. Brink. Uh, it's, time to, it's time to fucking wrap this shit up, P. Uh, yeah. Because, like I said, I got, I got movie night with the kid. And uh, I need I to go get laid. Oh, well, good for you. Tell the yeah. wife I said hello, preferably well, that's before you weird. move into that. That's weird. You know, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll we'll uh we'll all get together one day in a big uh reunion. Yeah, where are you going? Not with even this? a reunion, a fucking where are you union. going with that? Just a union. You yeah, know? Okay. Not a reunion. You're you have to have a weird, union. Man. You're making this really weird now, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> talking about having a union with my wife you weirdo you sick fuck what is wrong with you <laughs> yeah you know, for that i'm turning your fucking camera back on that's it no, that's what's gonna happen. No, oh, cameras no. where's the button uh oh why do i have to ask i don't oh, have you... to look i have to ask to start video <laughs> he's back with his beard tab so there you yeah. go all right ladies and gentlemen remember um please like and share do all those great things. I appreciate anyone who spends more than five seconds listening to anything myself and my guests has to say. Uh, but this is There Will Be Bourbon. Eventually, you will see There Will Be Banter probably after the holiday week because, you know, you should be arguing with your family. You don't need to listen to us argue with each other. So until then, again, uh, Brink, appreciate you coming on and finally telling your story, man. I think this is going to go well. He has a beer tab. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, and, happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, Tell the wife. <laughs> try to put some try to put some spray tan on at least so nope. you don't See? look like a, a goddamn raspberry with your fucking white not, sweatshirt. You know I can't be I can't be bullied. That's the big thing about me at this point in my life. Like you can't bully me. You you know, grandpa says I look like a, a the complexion of a baby rat. Um Christina likes to point out that I look drunk, uh, but I'm not. Well, Christina straight up told me that I did not look as Asian as she imagined I would look. Christina is very Asian. Yeah, she is. But then the second time like we, we hung out, she goes, oh, you look more Asian today. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. I'm not Asian at all, so I will never look. I mean, like – Asian. Like I said, I'm aggressively average, so I'm Asian. I'm reminded every time I look down my pants. <laughs> well, we Again, can end clicking, it on that. Clicking, <laughs> clicking the, uh, the, the option, the radio button for not appropriate for kids under 13. Thanks, Brink. Thanks, Eric. We'll Love see you. Ya. We'll see. Uh, wait. So, are we gonna do this goon shit on Wednesday? Because I'm thinking like it's Thanksgiving. I don't know. I mean, like you half the it? states. Sure. Yeah. Um. Hey, mm -hmm. tell. Hey, tell Maddie. I say. Uh, yeah, we'll tell Maddie about the union. I need to have. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like all you guys say, you're afraid <laughs> to have me and meet your significant others. So. I'm not afraid. <laughs> she's she's gonna leave me for Ben, not you. You're we're fine. All right. All right, buddy. 
Thanks for uh, the meetup. Later, we'll see you. Remember, right. like and subscribe. Share with all your friends. Please follow. Do all those great things. There will be bourbon. Bye.